You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, It seems like you can't pick up the goddamn paper anymore without having to read another story about Ted Haggard. And not the story you want to read. Not Ted Haggard comes out of the closet, finally admits it, Gail divorces him, gets real. No, just more, you know, mainstream media hand jobs for Haggard, which is really what it is. The Wall Street Journal has a profile where they're talking about and promoting Ted Haggard's new church. What does it take for a Christian pastor to be ruined, to be disgraced and done? You would think meth, male prostitute. Blowjobs, all of that would have done him in, but no. And now Haggard is attempting to recast his infamous massages with massages, his infamous sexcapades with Mike Jones, hero escort who outed Haggard, as nothing more than a massage gone awry. It's not quite lifts your luggage. It's not going to enter the pantheon with hike the Appalachian Trail, lift your luggage. But I love the idea of I paid this man however much money to have sex with me. The euphemism for that is massage gone awry. Perhaps if you get fucked in the ass, it's a massage gone terribly awry. Anyway, Ted Haggard's back in business. He's got his shingle out. He is uh, running a new Jesus Freakery outpost, a new fuckwit franchise there in Colorado Springs, Colorado. For anyone who cares to go and be saved. By Ted Haggard. He calls after this. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten, offering an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Enter Savage at smittenkittenonline.com for 20% off your purchase. Hi, Dan. I'm a 21 year old college student. I'm dating a girl uh, who's a 20 year old college student. We've been dating for about five years. Um, our relationship is GGG. It's going awesome. Um, the problem is. I'm not sure what advice I should be giving to her about her mom. Um, We've been dating for five years, and for the longest time, when we hung out at her house, she wouldn't. Her mom wouldn't allow us to close the door, which, as a teenager, I was fine with because teenagers are pretty much idiots. Um, But now, like uh, randomly, she let us close the door, and then she sort of walked in. She didn't actually see anything, but it was pretty obvious that we were having sex and now she won't let us close the door anymore. And it's just really fucking annoying. Uh, on top of that, her mom is just kind of a fucking asshole. Um, uh, my girlfriend is financially independent. She buys almost all of her own food. She cooks for herself. She cooks for her two sisters. Most of the time she owns her own car. She pays the insurance on the car. Um, she's not getting any help from her parents paying for, uh, school. So basically the only service that her mom's providing her right now is their roof over her head. And though it is possible for her to move out, it's probably the last option. Um, and I kind of want to tell her that she should just tell her mom that she's a fucking cunt and just, you know, threaten to move in with her dad and, you know, not caught up with any of bullshit anymore. I'm just not sure if I should be saying that, giving her that advice. I'm not sure if it will backfire. Um, it just sucks, you know, having shitty sex in her house. 
all the time. Um, and I would, and, you know, most of the time I would just say, let's go to my house and uh, just avoid her house. But right now my sister and her boyfriend who are in the process of moving to Chicago are staying with us. It's only for the next two weeks or so, but it's just getting really fucking annoying. And just hoping if you could give us uh, any advice on how to deal with her mom. I had the phone in my hand ready to give you a call back with the follow-up question that was just rattling around my head throughout most of your call, which is why not fuck at your place? And then you answered that question at the very end because your brother is visiting for a couple of weeks, so you can't fuck at your place. But here's what you can do since it is your place. You can send your brother away for a couple of hours because you're going to fuck the girlfriend. Look, you know, you describe your girlfriend as financially independent and it sounds like she is for the most part, but that roof over her head exception is pretty major. And, you know, maybe her mom is indeed a cunt and a controlling bitch who is uncomfortable with her adult child's sexuality. Or maybe mom is concerned about her other children who are at the house, it sounds like, who are perhaps younger than your girlfriend of five years. And what mom is concerned about is... Their older sister getting stooped where her other children, who are perhaps too young for it, can observe it or hear it or whatever it. Maybe that's why mom overreacts, you know. But if you guys want, you know, five fucking years, why don't you live together already? Why isn't she living with you? Why don't you put a roof over her fucking head while she goes to school and you fuck the rest of her? You know, I think a lot of parents are too controlling about sexuality, about their kids. And... uh an adult child is an adult and is free to make their own choices. However, an adult child isn't free to freeload unless they're willing to kowtow here and there around the edges to mom and dad's delicate sensibilities. Not saying that mom isn't being a cunt. We don't have all that information to make that determination. I am saying, however, that people have a right when it's their house and they're paying the bills to say who gets to fuck in that house and who doesn't get to fuck in that house and right now your girlfriend's mom says your girlfriend doesn't get to fuck in that house so fuck her somewhere else uh i'm a 18 year old straight guy i got two questions for you uh one would be uh is it possible to uh to, like shrink your dick i got kicked in the balls really hard in, in rugby and uh i swear my chunk has, has uh, shrunk it up and if so, is there any way to correct this? And two, uh, is it possible uh, for uh, a guy who was involved in something homosexual when he was younger really be straight? If a blow to the scrotum, getting kicked in the balls, could permanently shrink uh, a man's cock, make his dick smaller... It would be a capital offense and people would run around the world wearing cast iron cups with iron spikes sticking out of them unless someone – you know, to foil an attempt. You can develop a condition called Pyrone's disease and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. I mispronounce everything, uh, which is a, a scarring of the erectile tissues which can lead to painful erections and sort of tragically bent, almost unusable dick syndrome. From a blow to the penis, uh, they believe that that's one of the ways that a person can develop Peyronie's disease. However, not everyone who's got it can recall you know, getting a 
shot to their junk. If, you're, if there's something up with your dick or your balls, you need to go and speak to your doctor and perhaps uh, be referred to a urologist who can take a look and set you at ease. As for the other issue, I believe I can set you at ease here. I lost my virginity to a woman, a woman with a vagina. I had my first orgasm in this woman's vagina. Am I really secretly straight? I don't think so. If that early opposite sex experience didn't make me straight or mean that I was going to be straight all my life or that I'd been molested into being straight for the rest of my life, because it was, I believe, statutory rape when it happened. I was 15. She was 21-ish. Then you having one same – or sorry, not you. Some theoretical man person, some theoretical dick haver, perhaps undamaged dick haver, but not necessarily you – this theoretical person has had a same-sex experience perhaps early on in his life. Perhaps it wasn't entirely consensual. Perhaps you just – you know, situational homosexuality a la prison because really what is adolescence but a prison? Perhaps in early adolescence, for want of any attention from a female, you and a little boy, male, friend – or not you, some dick haver to be named later, rutted together and got off together. It doesn't mean you're gay. It doesn't mean you have to identify as gay. And it's not some you know, big pink cross you have to bear for the rest of your life. It's a very common experience. People used to be a little freer, I think, to talk about it or acknowledge it or, or shrug it off before gay people started coming out en masse. But once gay people started coming out and living openly as gay people, a lot of particularly men who had early same-sex sexual experiences that pre the awareness of openly gay, lifelong gay people – would be shrugged off as so much innocent rutting. Now it niggles away at the back of their head and they think, oh my God, what does it mean that I was capable of doing that? It doesn't necessarily mean anything. If you like women, I mean, if this hypothetical haver of a dick who had a same-sex experience likes women, beats off to women, watches straight pornography, eats pussy, that guy is... Probably mostly 98% round up the other 2% straight. Just as I am 100% gay despite some early opposite sex experiences. Hi, Dan. This is Sydney. I'm a 22-year-old bisexual female and I'm having a problem. I don't know if you can help, but I thought I'd give you a shot. So here goes. In February, I met a guy that really excited me. Um... We had really fun, hilarious conversations. We share common interests and an intellectual bond. Basically, we just enjoyed being together. Um, as companions, we seemed well-suited for one another. Um, so we chatted every day on the Internet at length, uh, the modern age, and met for coffee or dinner about once a week. Um, he took really good care of me. I'm a senior at university, um, almost finished, so he bought me food when I was broke, as I often was, and he gave me a bicycle because I complained about not having one, and he lent me his computer when it got run over by a car. It was a good partnership. I made him laugh, and he comforted me when I needed it, which was often. This went on for about three months, during which time I was driving myself completely crazy because I really want this guy sexually, but I couldn't figure out why he wasn't making a move on me. So eventually I confronted about it confronted him about it, um, and he told me that he feels a lot of affection and care for me and that he thinks I'm gorgeous, but because of the difference in our ages, he doesn't think it would be appropriate to date me. He's 47, I'm 22, so it's a pretty wide gap, uh, but while I see this as a potentially sexy challenge, he seems to think that it could never work, ever. 
about a month after that discussion, I got so fed up by my frustration um, that I basically delivered an ultimatum. Um, and he said that the age difference was still too much for him, so I quit speaking to him and stopped seeing him. Almost 10 weeks later now, uh, we communicate a little on the Internet, but I haven't seen him at all in this time. I asked him via email yesterday if he wanted to meet for coffee. Uh, he hesitated for several hours and then said that he just didn't know. So I said, if that's the case, then we probably shouldn't meet. Um, I care deeply about this man. I would marry him a little farther down the road if he asked me. But it doesn't seem like I can convince him to get over the 25-year age gap. I don't want to never see him again, but I'm also afraid that if we just try to hang out, I'll feel totally miserable. In fact, I feel pretty miserable now. I just can't stop pining for him. When other people closer to my age or whatever try to hit on me, uh, my mind just goes right to him. It's totally not productive. So what I want to ask you is, do you think a relationship with such a large age difference could ever function? Or do you think I should just cut this guy out of my life and try to forget him? I'm curious why you can't take no and this man's offer of friendship for an answer. Oh, I'm just, I just don't know. I'm so sad. Why are you sad? Well, you know, because I just, because I can't take no for an answer. It doesn't sound like you're handling rejection in a very mature way. No, you're right. Which, if I was a 47-year-old, and I will be soon, who was thinking about dating a 25-year-old, and I think about that all the time, how he or she handled my hesitancy or concerns about age would, I think, determine to a great extent whether I'd be willing to dive in. And your sort of fuck me or fuck off attitude to him is probably not helping your cause if your ultimate goal is to marry the bastard. I see what you mean. Uh, well, that's reasonable enough. Well, um, but I thought that you said once I was listening to like one of your old podcasts, didn't you say if someone like if you made a romantic offer to a friend and they like refuse it, then you should no longer have friendly contact with them? Yes, but I contradict myself every show, so it's no uh, big score yeah. that you're throwing my own words in my face. Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to advise you, like, how to weasel your way into his pants, which... Ah, you think that's possible? Yeah, it just depends, you know, you're both hemming and hawing about it could never work. Well, it depends on how you define work. Are you? Do you define it as you will be with each other until one or the other of you is dead? like the next 30 years, well then yeah, odds are it probably wouldn't work. But that's true with an age difference, without an age difference. That true, that's true of every relationship. Most of yeah. them don't work, if that's the definition of work. If you define work as, we're going to spend some time together, maybe we'll take this to a sexual level, and if we're together three or four years and then we're friends after, it worked. If you I can redefine what worked means, you know, it worked out in the end... Yeah, then maybe it could work. But yeah, and sure, lots of relationships with large age differences work. Those people are everywhere. It seems to be easier when the man is the older party in a heterosexual relationship. But I don't think your option is he's in your life and in your bed or you're just going to burn that bridge and, and be angry about it. So what do you think I should do? I think you should talk to him about what, you know how you define work. Like, I, What does he mean when he just says it, doesn't, it, it might not work out? 
And also, at a certain point, if he if he just is like, no, 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 you gotta take no for an answer. What part of no don't you understand? Blah, blah, blah. And you also have to recognize that he may be white-lying his way out of this relationship. It's just like somebody saying, it's not you, it's me. Like, oh, well, just the, I'm really uncomfortable with the age difference. Like, it's an it's this thing that's outside of either of your controls. And it may be what he's tossing out there because he doesn't want to tell you a truth that may be painful for you to hear. You know, maybe he likes you as a person, but he isn't physically attracted to you. And he was never I interested think- in a sexual relationship. And you're interested in him sexually is putting him in this weird spot where he doesn't feel like he wants to reject you in a way that's painful for you to hear. So he's just saying, ah, the age thing. Because that's nothing you guys, either of you did wrong. So you need to, you know, apply yeah. a little emotional intelligence here. And if he really digs in his heels and is irrational about it, it may be because he's trying to spare your feelings. And you might want to drop it before he stops sparing your feelings. And you force the real truth out of him. Because it might be something you don't want to hear, don't need to hear. It would be damaged by hearing, you know? Maybe it's that Mm -hmm. you're a cyclops and he's not into cyclopses. I don't know what it is. I'm not him, I'm not you. I'm not there. Uh, But you should have have one last conversation with him. With friendship on the table, if he's totally not interested in you sexually. Because, my God, what a nice, compassionate, giving friend to have. And what an asshole move to say, if you won't eat my pussy, I will not be your friend. Despite all you've done for me. Maybe he likes you as a person and wants you in his life because, you know, emotionally he enjoys your relationship. But maybe he got his dick shot off in the war. Who knows what's going on? But there's something up. Maybe it's the age thing. Maybe he's telling the truth. If you can suss him out some more, maybe you'll find out that it was something else. You may force out of him something you didn't want to hear. So be careful. But where I would start is what do you mean by it'll never work? And how do we define it worked or works and past tense worked? You know, the past tense of a relationship working, that relationship worked, culturally means somebody died. Mm-hmm. You're together until death did you part and therefore and your relationship was a success. And if we can if you can negotiate a different definition of success you may be able to bring him to a point where he can see that this relationship could work maybe you'll be together maybe you'll have a sexual connection for a few years and then you'll move on and he'll move on but you'll always be in each other's lives and friends and uh, he'll you know you'll always be able to rely on him for advice he'll always be able to rely on you for a little youthful energy but maybe you won't be together for the next 30 years until one of you croaks okay yeah that makes sense okay Okay, okay, I can do that. Good luck. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten has an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Whether you're single or with a partner, their non-toxic body-safe toys are the best quality products available. Shop their easy-to-navigate secure website at smittenkittenonline.com or visit the newest Smitten Kitten location at 70 Broadway in Denver, Colorado. Take 20% off any order online or in-store with the code SAVAGE. Smitten Kitten, sex toys for everyday people. Uh, So here goes. I'm in my late 30s and just recently admitted to myself and accepted that I am a homo. Over the past few months, I've come out to all of my friends, and I'm humbled by how wonderful and supportive they all are, including my straight best guy friend. Overall, I'm not sure it could have been a more positive experience, and while I try not to dwell on the past, I can't help but think how much better my life would have been if I would have only had the courage to come out sooner. 
Anyway, my only real problem at this point seems to be that I've fallen in love with said straight best guy friend, and those intense feelings were actually what prompted me to finally come out. However, I have never told this to my friend or anyone else uh, about these feelings, and while we've remained best friends since I've come out, he's never really asked any questions that would have given me a reason to bring up my feelings. So what is really complicating things in my head is that I feel like he may be gay himself and in the same denial that I was for so many years. Recently, I did ask him point blank if he was 100% straight, and he said he was, and that his biggest problem with women is actually that he may like them too much, although I'm not really sure what that means. He is a little more than 10 years younger than me, and we now live in different cities. However, I get along better and enjoy spending time with him more than anyone else I can remember. Simply being in his presence makes me instantly relaxed and happy certainly more so than with any woman I've spent time with. I'm young-hearted, and he's a bit of an old soul. We're alike in many ways, but opposite in others, which is what I believe makes us so compatible. What's more, we enjoy many of the same activities and even share the same circle of friends. So maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, but I pick up on little things in his behavior that seem to be indicators that he's not as straight as he wants to be either. A few examples, before I came out to him, we went to a gentleman's club and he clearly did not enjoy the scenery any more than I did. In fact, maybe even less so. He was extremely uncomfortable putting a dollar in any of the girls' garters and he spent the remainder of the weekend locked in his room, even though I was visiting from out of town and staying with him. When I got him to come out of his room before I left, he admitted he was depressed. I tried cheering him up, but we never really went into details about what was bothering him, right or wrong. So I kind of drew my own conclusions uh, then that his sexuality was in question, but maybe I was just projecting my own feelings. I've also never really known him to comment, stare, or do a double take when a hot chick walks by. And he once said something to one of our female friends along the lines of vaginas being gross, and I've kind of got to agree with that. He says he dates women somewhat regularly, and I don't doubt him, but he never brings them around, and he always seems to be free to hang out weekends when I'm visiting, including the past three New Year's Eves. In fact, over the past three years, I've only seen him with a girl once, and that was a date uh, to a mutual friend's wedding. He introduced her to his, girl, his girlfriend, but he broke up with her a few months later. So like me, before I came out, he's always very private and rarely discusses his dating life. He even gets nervous about having people in his house, myself included. So I usually end up sleeping at another friend's house when I'm visiting, even though we spend most waking hours together. Because he's such a great friend, I don't want to do anything to jeopardize that friendship. I really do value it. However, I really would like to have an open conversation with him to help clear my head. And I would be lying if I didn't admit that I want to see if there's a way to take our relationship to a new level. So, my questions for you, Dan, are, do you think it's a good idea for me to tell him about my true feelings? And is there a respectful way for me to do that without ruining our friendship? Is it appropriate for me to question him further about his sexuality and mention any of my observations? Or am I just way out of line altogether? And if so, do you have any advice on how I can get over those romantic feelings for him before I make myself any crazier? If he is gay, he's a mess. He's in the I'm not gay stage of gayness. He's in the vaginas are gross stage of gayness. He's in the game playing, hiding, running from himself and running from his friends stage of gayness, which means he's not 
relationship material. He's not boyfriend material at the moment. Maybe he will be in 10 years. Maybe he's a carbon copy mess, a mess just like you. A mess is going to come out. Not a mess anymore. You know, you're working through your issues. You're out now. Welcome to non-messy, messy life. But a mess is going to come out in his mid to late 30s. You really can't hustle or pressure him along that road. You can incentivize his coming out, I guess, uh, by living your life, living by example, going out and having a boyfriend already that isn't him. You know, late in life, comer outers very often have one guy who they had this, like, basically a romantic friendship with, where they put all of their romantic energy, invested all their romantic energy into this person they couldn't have because that person was straight too. And then they come out and they wish to God that this person that they've made this huge emotional investment in would come out too. And then everything would just be glorious because then you could be together with the person that you basically sublimated all your desires onto or transferred them all onto because you weren't seeking an appropriate partner, an appropriate partner being an out gay guy. But it doesn't always work out that way. So yeah, this could all be wishful thinking and projection. He could also be gay, but he's definitely a mess if he is gay. He sounds like a mess, gay or straight, whatever he is, undateable at the moment. So what can you do? You can go out there and date other people. You can watch Avenue Q. Go see a Broadway show. Why not? Where Rod is in love with Nikki, but Nikki is straight. And who does Rod meet at the end but someone very like Nikki who's gay? All of these men I'm talking about are puppets. You should see the show. It'll make sense then. You are free, however, to have a conversation with him. You can lay your cards on the table at the risk of losing him, at the risk of ending this friendship or painting him into a corner where he feels he must end the friendship. I actually think perhaps you should do that because you have all sorts of ulterior motives at play that perhaps he should know about, that you're not just sort of casually interested in his sexuality, that you have questions about his sexuality because you would like to be a part of his sexuality. So just perhaps tell him, look, you remind me of me when I was your age. I've always been attracted to you and now I'm able to admit that. If you are gay too, don't wait to come out. My regret is I didn't come out sooner. Come out now. Come out sooner. Whether or not we date, come out. And then see what he does. There might not be any more invites to come and stay at his place, but that might be a risk you are willing to run because think of the payout if you win. Think of the potential payout if, you know, even if the odds are long, 1 in 20, 1 in 50, 1 in 100, that he is gay and reciprocates feels the same way about you that you feel about him maybe you'll win maybe it'll be Yahtzee all sixes for you and maybe not maybe it'll cost you this friendship but maybe that's what you need right now is to start looking around for the guys you can have and stop obsessing about the guy you can't have hi Dan uh, I am a 31 year old gay man and I have a lot of straight male friends. So this has never been a problem before. I can hang with guys just as well as I can hang with anyone. Uh, the problem happened earlier this week. I was hanging out with one of my guy friends, and we were talking about whether or not his current relationship was exclusive or not. And a conversation about who he could hypothetically sleep with turned into me kind of accidentally propositioning him. Uh, I knew it wasn't a joke. 
he knew it wasn't a joke, but we kind of both skirted around it a little bit. He didn't say no. I didn't say I was kidding. It was a little awkward. So now it's been a couple of days, and I am completely mortified. Part of me hopes that he never brings it up again, and we never have to talk about it again, and we can just go on with our lives. Part of me hopes he calls me, and both parts are about the same. I'm being kind of pulled back and forth. I would love to hear your advice on this kind of tricky, tricky situation where I've totally broken the bro code. So part of you wants to say something, and part of you wants him to call. And by call, I assume you mean take you up on it. There's nothing about apologizing, which is the right course of action, that prevents him from taking you up on it at some point in the future. It may actually up the odds of him taking you up on it at some point in the future. Maybe he's 98% straight or maybe you're the one exception or maybe he's trade. Maybe he's one of those guys who can close his eyes and think of pussy and accept a blowjob graciously from a fag. But here's what you do. You see him call him and say, I'm so sorry about that. That was really out of line. I'm sorry. I apologize. And then then you drop it. But you have to apologize. And if he has any issues with it, if he feels a little mortified or upset, just point out that there are lots of lesbians out there who've been hit on by their straight male friends, lots of women who've been hit on by guys who had, they who knew they had no shot. And that's all that this was. And you know that it's impossible and it's not going to happen. And it was a wishful thinking brain fart and it's not going to affect your relationship. However, he'll know for the rest of his life, but don't say this. Don't add this at the end. He'll know for the rest of his life that you are a potential 3 a.m. walk on the wild side, desperate for head booty call. Maybe. But you won't be. If you nominate yourself for that position, that just has to be understood. And he'll best understand that if you just fucking call him and apologize already. Just apologize. And to all the fags out there listening, you know, I get a lot of mail from straight guys who have gay friends and and that's great. And every once in a while, one of their gay friends hits on them and they feel sort of violated. Like we got close to them just so we could hit on them and we sort of exploited their sensitive new age guy position on homosexuality, their tolerance. And on the one hand, I want to say, think of all the lesbians who've been hit on by their straight male friends over the years. And on the other hand, I want to say, please don't hit on the straight guys who have gay friends. Please respect their sexuality with the same sincerity and grace that they accept and respect your sexuality. If your straight friend wants to sleep with you, he'll let you know. You really don't have to hit on them. They know we're easy. They know, for the most part, that they can have us. If your straight friend wants to booty call you at 3 a.m. for a blowjob while he watches some straight porn, he will. Hello, Dan. Uh, My name is uh, Khalid. I listen to your show all the time, and I think you're doing um, a commendable job. But I am a little bit disturbed by your push against monogamy. I respect the opinions presented on your show, but it's actually quite sad that this agenda to make everyone like you, and by you I mean um, not monogamous, by bringing on guests that uh, theoreticize the, um, the life of mankind and make blanket comments based on non-fact and theories that they come up with from the deepest voids of their research a bit desperate. 
uh, the basic concept of survival of the fittest and the various examples we have in the animal kingdom make this whole idea that you passionately peddle non-factual. I do agree that those that are incapable of being monogamous, but you have to remember that those that are religiously monogamous, I am neither, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's one thing for you to try and make everyone think that we're not meant to be monogamous. Now, then, we do not know everything, and um, it's sad that you're resorting to clutching at a straw at this time. Um, do not do that yet. We're all fighting for a sensible view of sexuality. Um, uh, just a by-the-way question. Um, which tribes and people are the authors of your prize book basing their um, studies on? If you're curious about what's unpacked in the book Sex at Dawn, I would encourage you to go read the book Sex at Dawn, which will walk you through not just crackpot uh, pulling things out of the ass, actual research and sites, C-I-T-E-S, to peer-reviewed academic studies about all sorts of crap, including the tribes you're curious about. Go read Sex at Dawn. I'll def- you know, my agenda, my push against monogamy – this desire on my part to make everybody like me. I have no desire for everyone to be like me. However, I do have a desire to make everyone think that they're not meant to be monogamous because you know what? We're not meant to. And by meant to, I mean we didn't evolve to. It ain't natural. Even Bill Bennett, who I like to cite myself, C-I-T-E, author of The Broken Hearth and 100,000 other books about virtue has admitted, and I quote, monogamy isn't natural. Monogamy is a struggle. People who are in monogamous relationships often experience monogamy not as some joyful, blissful state, but as work, as a struggle. Because you're sort of at war with your own reptile brain, your own animal instincts, which is to fuck other people. Every once in a while. And I think people who, for religious reasons, for cultural reasons, for reasons about disease or relationship security, really put a high value on monogamy, really value it, really want it for themselves to understand that it's going to be a struggle. Because if they they understand that, I think they have a higher likelihood of being successfully monogamous. It's the people who go into monogamous relationships with unrealistic expectations about how easy it's going to be who crack up, who fail at it. We're told that if you're in love, where there is love, monogamy is easy and effortless, and that is a lie. If you're in love with someone and you make a monogamous commitment to them, that means you will refrain from sleeping with other people. It does not mean that you don't want to sleep with other people. You will still want to sleep with other people, and so will your partner. I hear from people every day who feel like, who doubt that they're in love with their partners, their long-term partners, because they still want to fuck other people, and that must mean that they aren't really in love. Otherwise, they would have no desire to fuck other people. We really undermine long-term relationships when we conceive of and describe and understand monogamy and love in that way, in those ways. So far from having an anti-monogamous commitment agenda, I kind of have a bank shot pro monogamous commitment agenda. I think relationships, monogamous relationships will be more stable if people can admit to their partners 
that they still sometimes want to fuck other people and then they refrain from doing so. And that there's nothing wrong with them, that impulse. I don't want everyone to be like me because then I would never get tickets to a Broadway show ever again because all six billion people on the planet would try to be, would want to be crowding in to see a little night music and then I, how would I ever get a ticket? I just want people to not be fucking idiots. And I think I'm conservative. I think people should stay together. I think people who made a commitment should, uh, I think commitment, that commitment, that love, that relationship they build together, particularly if there are kids involved, I actually regard all of those things as more valuable than sexual exclusivity. I think sexual exclusivity is kind of piddling. And I'm always disturbed when I see relationships collapse because there was a little routine infidelity. So in conclusion... Let me just say, let me reassure all the monogamous folks out there who can hear my voice, all of our ships at sea. I support you, monogamous people, monogamous relationships, monogamous commitment, whatever lifts your luggage. If that's what you want and that's what makes you happy, I think that you should go for it, try to have it. But you need to be realistic about who and what you are. And I think that kind of realism will help you stay monogamous, will help preserve your monogamous relationship in the long run. If we can shed the Pollyanna-ish attitudes about true love and monogamy coming easy or monogamy being our natural state, which it is not, we may be able to have more successful monogamous relationships. I mean, look the fuck around. Look at the divorce rate. Look at all the Tiger Woodses in the news and Sanford's in the news. This model we have of monogamy doesn't really work for the monogamous. It's not like monogamy doesn't work for the non-monogamous. It kind of doesn't matter to us. Is that working for you people? I'm trying to help. Obviously, this gets my dander up when people accuse me of having an anti-monogamy agenda. I have a very pro whatever it is that makes you happy agenda. If it makes you happy, I think you should do it. But I want you to have the tools to do it successfully. And my only agenda for the monogamous is that they know that it's going to be a struggle. You know what? Non-monogamy is a struggle too. Non-monogamy is very complicated, complicating. And, you know, a lot of non-monogamous relationships fail. A lot of monogamous relationships fail as well. Anyway, the Tech Savvy at Ruth Youth are giving me the wrap it up sign because I've been ranting now for a while. So uh, let's move on to a blowjob success story, shall we? A nice, simple, pat. Everyone can agree that a successful blowjob is a success. Let's move on. Hi, Dan. I'm a 25-year-old straight female. Uh, I've listened to almost all of your podcasts now, and I wanted to give some advice in addition to the good advice that you gave to guys who are feeling frustrated with their partners for either being insecure about or not having a great technique with blowjobs. When I gave my first blowjob, it was a terrible, embarrassing experience. And for years after that, I tried to avoid it in all of my sexual relationships. Unfortunately, and this is not to absolve me because I was the one who was being selfish and unable to get past a dumb, embarrassing experience, which everyone has, um, my partners indulged me in this and never really called me out on my shit. So I did meet a guy after that who was a complete asshole and the total opposite of it. Not only did he want blowjobs all the time, 
but he was very unhelpful, very critical, would sit there silently until it was done and criticize me. And later I found out, have group sessions with his friends behind my back about how I couldn't get him off through a blowjob. So understandably after this, I was even more turned off to the idea of giving blowjobs. Um, but after listening to your podcast and reading some material, it helped. But the biggest thing that helped was I met a guy who was so cool about the whole thing. He was completely honest and blunt with me, you know, what guy doesn't want a blowjob, but he was really supportive and helped me out and gave me tips. We practiced. I got a lot better. Um, this guy and I ended up going our separate ways, but I am so grateful for how cool he was with it and how honest he was. He wasn't a pushover and he wasn't a total asshole about it. And Dan, not only have all of my blowjobs since been very positively received, but I love giving them and cannot wait to give my next one. No lie. Thank you for your call. Thank you for sharing your happy blowjob story. And on behalf of all the monogamists out there, I hope you're only giving blowjobs to the same person for the next 60 fucking years. Because that's how God intended us to give blowjobs. To one person, and only one person, who deserves them and is polite and kind, but only that one person. Forever! I just want to say about the man who called in who wasn't attracted to his wife anymore after her third child. I thought a lot of other people would call in, and I wouldn't need to, but you got to know. She is just feeling so bloated, and she is feeding her baby, and her breasts are so big, and her body is so out of shape. It's really hard. She stood in the doorway between life and death three times to bring Batman children, and I've done that myself. So your advice to just go ahead and be honest and tell her that he wasn't attracted to her anymore was wrong, completely, 100% wrong. You can't say that to a woman in that situation. And he's got to love her and respect her and be with her at that time. I don't care if he has a petty problem with her physical body at this moment. She was already there three times and stood there for him. And now it's his turn to stand there for her. And your advice was completely wrong as much as I love you and usually respect you. Thank you. Hey, Dan, I was just listening to uh, Podcast 193. And for the woman whose boyfriend cries when she talks about sex, she needs to be a cheerleader. You know, when he's uh, kissing her, she needs to say, Oh, baby, kiss my neck. I'm so hot for you to kiss my neck. And then, uh, you know, as things move on, oh, baby, my boobs are so hot. Kiss my hot boobs. Uh, you know, a little bit of instruction like that goes a long way. And what guy doesn't appreciate it? You know? Oh, baby, rub my hot clit. Um, if she took it as a cheerleader rather than as a, I don't know, a sex therapist, uh, it might be fun. He might learn something and she might get what she wants. Uh, I had uh, a fiancé. He used to be great at giving me little instructions like that. And, uh, hey, it got her to orgasm and, uh, you know, make you feel like uh, you're a sexual stud when you're doing it. 
Um, and what the heck, I can take some instruction if it uh, pays off in the long run. Good luck, Dan. Hey, Dan, this is Sarah calling from Chicago, and I was just listening to the podcast with the uh, 11-year-old who made out with a 19-year-old, and it kind of crossed my mind that maybe this girl is so precocious because she's already been sexually assaulted, and how horrible is that that she'll probably get punished if she tells her family? So I guess it's really important that she has a supportive aunt in her life. Hopefully she'll end up talking to her. Hi, Dan. I'm calling with a comment for the woman in episode 193 who wasn't sure if she's a lesbian or not. I just wanted to give her a word of support. That's my story to a T. I spent a lot of time sleeping with many, many men trying to figure out what the hell was missing. And finally, at 21 and 22, I decided that it was women. And I've been in several successful relationships with women and slept with men in between them. And I just wanted to tell her that you don't need to obsess about the label. You, It doesn't really matter. You can go back and forth. You can do whatever. You can be happy in relationships with women. And, and uh, she should just go out there and go to some love events and eat some pussy. And I promise her it will be the best decision she's ever made. People helping people. Isn't that what it's all about? 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to call with a question or a comment for a future show, please give us a buzz. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. Better still, you can have the Savage Love Letter of the Day blasted directly to your phone if you go to the iTunes store and buy the Savage Love app for iPhone. They make a wonderful wedding present, the tech savvy at risk youth told me in hopes that I would plug the iPhone app yet again. And you know what? It's actually not a bad idea as a wedding present. Who needs sex advice more than two people who are going to make a lifelong monogamous commitment? 206-201-2720. That's the number. Give us a call. Me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.